0: Hello there and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me Mark Plunkett, replacing Michael Hennessy for the next two weeks. This is the Tillage Podcast for all your weekly news, tips and advice. This week we are covering the grain markets and harvest prospects for 2020 with Pat Farrell, IFA Grain and Horticultural Executive. I first asked Pat, what is the Irish grain harvest looking like and what impact will the weather to date have had on grain yields?
1: up to the first June it was looking very much likely that we mightn't make we could have a very early harvest brought forward by the dry weather and the heat and we could have been lucky to make maybe two million tons as opposed to the 2.3 or uh, 2.4 million tons we had last year but since we got the rain in June it has probably improved prospects a good bit now some crops it was too little too late but um, having said that we could be looking closer now depends look at how the harvest goes more now maybe at, at 2.1 to 2.2 but but it ha- it'd be hard to see being over 2.1 anyway it'll be somewhere around the 2 million tons anyway and um probably harvest is back to normal now you know what I mean with that cooler and wetter weather things have been, been slow slowed up so um but uh, but overall I, I can't see us having the yields we had last year obviously in, in the southern part of the country things were a lot better but certainly up from Carlo up into the Midlands and up to the East, northeast you know, some crops, some crops are poorly established last winter and with the wet winter. And then obviously something got very hard, very badly hit by the drought in April and May.
0: Yes, absolutely. Pat, I agree. I, I think that the recent rain and, and the cool weather will definitely help grain fill and help yield potential. Um, not for all crops, but for for you know, in, in different parts of the country, it will be helpful. Pat, what are the harvest prospects looking like for the rest of the EU and other major grain producing countries?
1: Um, well, if we maybe stick to the EU first, um, both France and the UK had similar conditions to, our, to ourselves last year where they had uh, um, lower winter crops, uh, lower acreage, and a lower yield there as well, and then obviously, uh, um, a greater planting of spring crops. So again, prospects were looking poor enough before the rainfall there, but they actually got rain at the end of May and the end of June. So prospects were a lot better there. But having said that, they reckon last year it had about 145 million tonnes and we'll stick, we'll still keep the, the I suppose, the UK and the EU. So the EU 28 countries, or the 27 including the UK, and about maybe upwards of maybe 15 million tonnes less of wheat But roughly the same tonnage of barley because uh, the spring barley is kind of made up for the winter barley. And um, crops, we have about 40% to 50% of the winter barley harvested in France, and yields are extremely variable. But it's too early to call overall, but certainly yields will be back in last year. And then as we head across into Germany, probably a similar situation, maybe not hit as badly as France, maybe northern Germany would have been. And then as we head over to the Black Sea areas, the Ukraine probably will have less grain than it had last year, whereas Russia will have more. So um, as you move over to the US, their wheat plantings are back. Won't be a huge difference in tonnage compared to last year. But then Australia, they had about three consecutive years of drought, so they're expecting you know a massive maybe 40% increase in, in um, grain this year in, in tonnage. But obviously that's relative. That's more because they've had two or three year, yields of poor, years of poor yields due to drought and that type of thing. Then Argentina, they're starting to plant at the moment, or a lot of wheat planted, and they're expecting to have big enough crops. So really, overall, it's kind of a tale of pluses and minuses. You have wheat back in Europe, back in Ukraine, but up in Russia, up in the US, and up in, in South America and in Australia. And then when you move to um, on to, say, barley, barley probably will come in similar to last year, probably around 150 million tonnes worldwide, and about sixty-three million, sixty-three million tons in Europe. Say Europe, stroke UK.
0: Okay, Pat, that, that's an excellent update uh, around the world uh, in terms of what's happening in the in the major markets. In in terms of grain price nationally here, Pat, where is wheat and barley um, uh, currently, or, or what what's it looking like for the coming harvest?
1: Yeah, somewhere the reason the quotes at the moment are somewhere between one hundred and thirty-five to one hundred and forty for green barley somewhere between 155 to 160 for, for wheat. And um, probably in the last uh, maybe 10 days ago, prospects were looking very poor due to the maybe thoughts of a big maize harvest in the U.S., but that has been significantly cut back. So that has allowed say wheat prices, which is the motif, which is the main one that's followed in Europe. It had dropped as low. The September price had dropped to 175 euro ton, but has come back up to about 183 today. So, um, it's nearly solely based on um, the expectations of lower acreages, maize in the US.
0: Okay. Very good, Pat. Pat, why is there such a differential between the price of wheat and barley, which would not have been the case in other years?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Typically, you would have an over an average 10 year average of about 10 euro a tonne between wheat and barley. But obviously, that's stretched out to 19 to 20 at the moment and was upwards over 25 a tonne. So really, that's a kind of down to worldwide barley, about 75% of barley produced in the world goes into feed and about 60% of the maize. So only about 20% of wheat worldwide. Now, what worldwide I'm talking about goes into, into, um, say, feed. So you had with COVID-19 and things like that, you had a bit more of a shortage of wheat and a bit of sort of panic buying and demand. So a lot of wheat was bought to go into, obviously, into the wheat market for staples like bread and that type of thing. Whereas the barley was more affected by, say, less demand in malt and barley and then in feed and that type of thing. So that's kind of what pushed the differential out there um, as opposed to barley. And plus as well that within the EU there was a big demand from wheat even before the COVID nineteen, which just a lot so stocks had gone a bit lower. So um wheat, wheat went up in price then. But um since that it's become, the gap's beginning to close slightly, so it's back below twenty euro a tonne or around twenty at the moment
0: okay pat very good pat can you tell me why um green maize is affecting both irish wheat and barley market prices
1: well basically um due to a lot of trade deals that were done we ireland in the last number of years has well basically last year we imported well over a million tons of maize that was to do with say um a follow-on from the drought in 2018 and that type of thing but even this year now with good fodder supplies and that we, we we probably over a million ton of maize and if you think we only produce, say, two, two to two and a half million tons of grain ourselves, you can see the impact it has there. And basically, those are a third, um, third country prices as well. So basically, purely world prices. Now, when maize drops to a certain level in the U.S., a tariff kicks in. And when maize dropped very low there in Chicago future markets, um, about the tariff went up to about 10 euro 40 cent cent. And then in recent weeks, as maize came up in price again, it dropped back to about €5.40. But there, just last Friday, that the EU announced that the mechanism had been triggered again, so there's no tariff because maize has come back up in price. So that's that's one of the main influences it has. Secondly, as I said there earlier, um, when it comes to the world animal feed market, barley accounts for 75% and corn 60%. So obviously both of them are are competing in the feed market. So once you have an excess of maize or cheap maize, the barley unfortunately becomes sort of benchmarked against that and it's substituted. If barley is more expensive or isn't competitive, they put maize into, into feeds and take the barley and wheat
0: out of it. Okay, so maize is sort of regulating the, the price of, of, of barley nationally going into, into rations. Pat, in terms of malting barley, uh, can you give me an update in terms of the malting uh, market uh, at present? Yeah, well, at, at the moment, um, as you know, the most of the market's based off a fob-crail
1: price, which is a kind of 24-week running average roughly from the middle of April to the middle of September. And at the moment, we're about halfway, exactly nearly halfway through the pricing mechanism, and the price average is about 172 euro tonne. The average started off at about 167, 168 in April. But when the Chinese put an 80% tariff on Australian modern barley imports, um, that made the European barley very competitive, and the Chinese turned to France and looked for malt and barley there. So at one stage, actually, the fob price went to 180 euro tonne, and um, it's back around 175 now, 176. So that has brought up the average significantly. And um, obviously, the big worry, Um, it's good to see the pubs back open again, and there'll be more pub, pubs, I think, opening up towards the end of July. But obviously that is a big effect on demand for malt and barley when the likes of Guinness and Heineken here were virtually taking in no malt um, over the last three or four months. So look at it just remains to be seen. We, we hope that, uh, that they stick to the contracts and that uh, like, support malt and not take in as much malt and barley as possible.
0: Very good. And I suppose this leads me on to my next question, Pat. Uh, to date, how has the COVID pandemic impacted on grain markets?
1: yeah um the covid has a severe effect and it's kind of gone below the red you've heard about the dairy and beef markets and things like that but um like even a day or two after the major lockdowns came came occurred in march and you had a massive collapse in the oil price but that obviously a lot of about 33% of the maize produced in the US goes into ethanol production so obviously ethanol production fell off a cliff that reduced demand for maize And maize fell back as well and over the period of a few days there back in march The maize price fell by 15% and that that pulled barley and wheat prices back as well. And then on top of that, we don't know going forward. Normally, and I'm talking about world markets here, the more prosperous and better world economies are going, the more meat they tend to eat. And uh, if economies aren't going as well, maybe people cut back into purchase, especially expensive cuts of meat. So that could affect demand overall. And um so that's basically how the maize market has affected and has a knock on effect in the barley and wheat feed markets. But then in um in Malt and barley, obviously, we've seen across the world with the closure of of pubs, sporting events called off, that type of thing, a massive drop in um in consumption of beer, uh, which you call on trade, which basically means in pubs and restaurants and that. And even though there's been an increase in off trade, which is true, supermarkets and that, it just hasn't compensated um for the for the impact or the drop in malt and barley or sorry in malt production and particularly in Ireland we've been hit hard because more of our beer is sold through pubs and restaurants than it is through um retailers and that um so we've been we've been hit amateur dependence on Guinness and that type of thing particularly in the brewing sector it's been hit very hard and um, we hope in the distilling sector it hasn't because obviously that's not sold for three or four years time or that type of thing or or longer it hasn't had as much effect there but But basically between the malt and barley sector and the feed sector, um, COVID has had a major impact.
0: Okay, Pat, Uh, should farmers be forward selling a proportion of their grain harvest during the year in terms of you know maybe a more stable price overall?
1: Um, Best
0: practice would
1: in the trading that would suggest that in any business you probably have to do some form of hedging or risk management so forward selling probably is is one of the options that's available to farmers not available to everyone in this country but but a certain amount of people can do it so look at i suppose people got burned back from i think it was back in 2012 or 2013 where people had forward sold a lot of their grain and it turned out in some cases the price went up which was bad enough people missed out but secondly some people didn't even have the grain on their farms to match what they had actually forward sold so, I think the lesson from that is that you should really only sell twenty to forty percent of your grain, and what you kind of always advise is people trying to be flexible and whenever you see spikes in the markets, whether it's due to weather or otherwise, um, then you should try and probably forward sell a little bit at that stage um, and that's based probably on your own pricing your own pricing models, your own profitability, what you think you can make money at. but look at best practice would say. You should probably try and forward sell a bit, particularly worldwide, when when a lot of grain merchants and feed merchants probably have maize bought forward for two years. When you're actually competing against farmers around the world who have forward sold as well themselves, and if you take an instance like the moment at the moment, barley is now hectic, but wheat probably is still a good forward buy for this year and next year. You know, if you take average prices over the last fifteen years.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a mechanism that would help farmers maybe spread the risk in terms of taking a single price, you know, at, at harvest time. What are your current views on oilseeds and proteins going forward?
1: Well, at the moment, it's it's been encouraging to see that um, we've had a, a big jump in, in the bean acreage because the last two years it wasn't great. And now we're up to almost 14,000 hectares this year, which I know has an, an impact on the on the protein payment. Because it's basically a single pot. But having said that, if you take the sector as a whole, due to our independence and imports, um, it's good to see that acreage is up, and hopefully the weather stays good for for good production in 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 beans and and peas. Um, basically, it's it's quite positive. A lot of the, a lot of the merchants and feed merchants integrated beans into their rations, and they're kind of using them and actively looking for them. And um, if you look at all the seeds, then your European might. It hasn't been great in oil seeds due to the you know, the absence of neonicotinoids and, and poor weather at plantings of, of winter crops. But but in, in general, um, the rapeseed price of the rapeseed price is quite good and has gone up in recent weeks because the biofuel market has started again and I think fifty or sixty percent of the oil seeds produce a rapeseed goes into the biofuel market. So as we stand at the moment, that's a quite a positive market and certainly a market that we need to try and we need to try and grow in this country. And basically it's a, it spreads the risk as well as, as much as giving farmers options when it comes to rotations and things like that.
0: Absolutely. It, it definitely brings something new to the rotation in terms of continuous cereals where you can put in, say, oil seeds or proteins. There is benefits there in terms of soil and also higher yields in the following cereal crop. Pat, the final question. You have experience in the straw market, having worked in the mushroom industry, how do you see the straw markets for 2020 with the possibility of a large reduction in straw supply?
1: Yeah, we'd, we'd have to see straw supply as um, being, being, I suppose, much reduced from last year, number one. But we've got to remember that we come into into last year, sorry, coming into, um, say, this year with a good supply of straw and things like that. But um, because of the wet winter, cattle weren't turned out to late enough, so there was more straw used up then. And then obviously we've had the recent drought and that. So that has maybe some people were in dairy farms and things like that were introducing a bit of straw into the rations and that. So that is used up some of the surplus straw. And, um, and basically that's sort of on the demand side at the moment. And if you go to the supply side, um, basically winter crops are back by up to 40%. And particularly in the case of wheat, we have plantings between spring and winter wheat, plantings down almost 30%. So if we take that straight away, even with similar straw yields, we're going to have 30% less wheat and straw in the country and then add that thats be a lot more of that is spring and not winter wheat and straw. So you'd be talking about maybe wheat and straw back by up to 40% compared to last year, and then on barley straw, maybe somewhere in the region of 30 to 35%. Because as we know, and I think you've said it there earlier, the recent rains will probably definitely help the grain fill, but the dye was... A kind of cast um, as regards straw and that type of thing, you know. And a lot of crops had stopped their vegetated stage and had headed into grain fill when the rains came. So um, at this stage, as I said, there, you're, you're looking like up to 35, 40% less um, straw compared to last year. And um, already anecdotally, over the last few weeks, people have said there's a lot of inquiries on straw, especially for the north of Ireland and this different places which you didn't have last year. And um, probably if you just talk about the mushroom sector on its own. Um, obviously it's mostly wheat and straw they use that's, that's the main preference in the sector but they would have a certain amount of carryover of straw because the price was fairly reasonable last year maybe compared to other sectors a lot of straw was bought up for that so they probably will have a carryover of straw beyond the harvest but after that because of I said reduction of wheat and straw um, there, there should be good demand there as well and the fact that the UK and places like that don't have their wheat acreages back as well straw can't be that plentiful in the UK either
0: Very good, Pat. That's a a very comprehensive review of of the straw market for for the current year. Pat, thanks for joining me on the show today and giving us a great insight into the grain market. No problem, Mark. Thanks. That's it for the Tilly Judge this week. And my thanks to Pat Farrell for joining me on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a show. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Mark Blunkett. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.